Welcome to the Buyers Agent Institute podcast, the show that will take you from your nine to five to living a life on your terms. We hear from the experts themselves, sharing how they created their success and give you actionable steps to help you create a lifestyle by design. Becoming a buyer's agent requires passion, dedication, and great mentorship. This podcast will share with you all three so that you can turn buying property into a career. I remember quite young, I, I kind of, I like the idea of property um, and, and, you know, when you kind of hear about different people who have created a lot of wealth over the years, it's typically through property. So I, I kind of, I guess I did and I w- grew up watching the block and stuff. I did want to get into real estate, um, but no, I never, never kind of thought on this level that I'd kind of take it and, and in such a short period of time as well. Welcome to the Buyers Agent Institute show. The purpose of this show is to bring awareness to buyers agents, to bring awareness to the career opportunities that the buyers agent sector provides people, to bring awareness to the value that buyers agents provide people who need help buying property. Our goal of the show is to strip back and dive into the stories and journeys of remarkable buyers agents who are paving the way forward in one of the fastest growing real estate career trends right now. Our guest today is Sam Gordon. He's 29 years old. He left school when he was 16. He was living on a rabbit farm. He now, and just recently bought his 19th property. He wanted to be a pro soccer player. He was also gonna go into the special forces. He's got a remarkable story. Right now, he's running his own buyer's agency called Australian Property Scouts. So I'm really excited today to really learn about his story. I mean, owning 19 properties and leaving school at 16 is not the norm. So today, we're really gonna dive into it all. I'm really excited to introduce Sam. Welcome, Sam. Ben, thank you, mate. Thanks for being here. Mate, you got an awesome story. <laughs> thank you, mate. I remember when we first spoke, and you know, you broke it down in terms of just your background and what you were doing, and how you left school at 16, and you're on a rabbit farm. I mean, it's not the norm, and I think to see that you've now just bought your 19th property is like remarkable. And I think you sit in the very, very, very small percent of people in Australia, especially for your age, who own that many properties. Did you actually ever think when you were growing up that you were going to build this monster portfolio? <laughs> no, mate, no, I didn't. I, uh, I remember quite young, I, I kind of, I like the idea of property. Um, and, and, you know, when you kind of hear about different people who have created a lot of wealth over the years, it's typically through property. So I, I kind of, I guess I did, and I w- grew up watching the block and stuff. I did want to get into real estate. Um, but no, I never, never kind of thought on this level that I'd kind of take it and, and in such a short period of time as well. So why did you actually leave school at 16? Is there like a reason or? Yeah, so I went to school in Sydney. Um, I went to Westfield Sports uh, playing soccer and I was from down in the, in the country. I used to trek in. It was about two and a half hours each way every day. Um, and it was just a killer. And by the time I got into year 11 when I was 16, I had no aspirations to go to uni. Um, my brother and my sister, but they both did. They both, and my family were all set for it. Um, and I just decided to pull the pin about three months into, uh, into year 11. And uh, yeah, and my parents tried to talk me into, into either going into, into a trade at the very least or going back to, to finish my schooling somewhere else locally uh, to go into uni. But it was, just, it was never something I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to, um, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to get out there and just start working straight away and yeah, build, build my wealth myself. It's awesome. Thank you. What did you do when you, when you stopped school? Yes. What did you start doing? 
Oh, so I went straight into so I went straight into the business. I didn't go full time like the family business, right? Which was the the, the farming, the rabbit farming. Um, I didn't go into that full time because my dad thought I was going to be a shit worker. <laughs> so I did that, and I did so I did three days a week of that. Three days a week, um, I was actually scaffolding, putting rigs up um, on on houses and stuff like that. So maybe that was a little bit that got me into it as well. But um, yeah, so I used to do three days that. Um, scaffolding three days on the farm, and then a, the day on the weekend, I was I was playing I was playing pro soccer at the time at 16. So, and then you got some injuries. <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't until I was 19. Uh, I had hip, hip surgery. I um, had an avulsion fracture, which is where you snap off a bit of the the hip bone and it tore tore my cartilage to shreds. Um, I played a full season with it. So by the time I finally got operated on at the end, it was pretty messed up. Um, yeah, so that that kind of stopped the career. Or well, it didn't stop the career. I still played after that, but I couldn't play at the same level. And then you wanted to get into special forces and then the injuries, I believe. Yeah, so um, by the time I got to, so when I was 25, I hit um, six properties. I was going on to my seventh and that seventh one was going to hit me a million bucks in equity. Um, and when I had the goal that when I hit a million bucks in equity in property, I'd either made it, I'd either made it in soccer and I could keep going or if I hadn't made it yet, I was going to switch and I was going to go to my other, my other dream. They were my two dreams, pro soccer or, um, or the special forces. So I went for the special forces and I aced the, I aced the, um, like the, the theory exam, which was the thing I was, I was worried I was going to struggle with. I, I aced that and um, they pretty, pretty much offered me anything I wanted to do. And I said, well, all I want to do is commandos. It was direct enlistment into commandos. And they go, great. Yeah, you know what? The first thing we've got to do is a medical questionnaire. And I was like, oh, here we go. And the first thing, the first question they asked me, have you had any major surgeries? And... Um, I was, I was going to kind of keep a little bit on the down low about a few, I'd broken a few bones on in my body. I was like, oh, I can't really hide that one. So I said that, I said, look, I've had hip surgery. This is a surgery. And they just straight up, no, you can't do it. Like you can't go frontline with surgeries like that. And uh, that was the big shift that, uh, that kind of came at, at that point. How did you feel when you got delivered that news? Because obviously soccer dreams gone and then your, your next dream gone. Yeah, I was, mate, I was devastated. It was, a, it was a 12 months of my life that was really, uh, really tough uh, because I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew I didn't want to stay in the family business forever. Um, I was just doing it because I was making decent money and investing in my portfolio, um, just continually building that. But um, there I was devastated, mate, because I'd lost all direction. I didn't know what I wanted to, you know, what I was going to do. That's tough. And so you built up this monster portfolio. Did you use buyers agents to help accumulate that? No, 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 I didn't. I. Um, this was a funny path. This is kind of what put me on the path of, of I guess, becoming a buyers agent. I toyed with the idea of real estate agency. Um, uh, I employed a, a buyer's agent. Um, I, I kind of I went into him to he was my idol growing up, and I went into him and, and said, "Look, this is my portfolio. What do you reckon? Like, what, what do you reckon I could add or, or or whatever?" And I think I was just expecting him to say, "Mate, you're killing it. Just keep doing what you're doing, mate. You're doing really well." Um, you know, maybe take me under his wing a little bit the way you have with me as a buyer's agent, and uh, and it, it didn't happen like that. He pretty much bagged the hell out of my portfolio. Um, made me cough up a, a BA fee in full, uh, which I've never heard of before, but I just kind of went in with rose-colored glasses, this guy's a real deal, and if the deals in my portfolio were that, were that terrible, then the things he must be sourcing must be unreal. Um, suffice to say, about six months later, I told him to, to shove it, and um, you know, it, was, yeah, it was kind of, it was not there, so I, I burnt essentially 10 grand. Oh, you didn't get that, it refunded? Didn't get it refunded, it was in the, it was in the clause, it was, a, it was a non-refundable upfront payment, so I kind of, I went down the avenue of trying to, of trying to get it back, and it just, what it was going to cost me in legals to get it back would have uh, would have uh, exceeded exceeded what the, the fee was, which was ten grand. So it was um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a pretty picture for me. And it was that all happened in the same year as the special forces and the soccer. And it was it, it 
it was a pretty tough year, we'll put it that way. It was a bit of, a bit of a hole from that, so. What, what did you learn from that experience with the buyer's agent? Because now you're running your own successful yeah. business. You've, we'll get into this soon, but I know you've signed up eight clients in the last four weeks yeah. and things are, things are pumping for you. And I mean, yeah. for any client that's looking to build a portfolio, or get into investment, with your level of experience and what you've done, I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't want to work with you. So I'm, I'm not surprised that it's growing so quick, your clientele. But what did you learn from that experience with that buyer's agent that you can now translate into what you're doing now? Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest thing for me was um, being genuine, being honest. Um, the reason he was charging those fees is because he could no longer bring good deals to his clients. And that was the thing, he became a volume business. That's something I never want to do. I always want to stay boutique to a level where I can still always deliver the best, the best things for my clients. And, and one of the best ways I believe to do that is I charge a very small upfront fee. Um, and that's just, that's just the way I operate because I know I'm going to go out and get that client a good deal. So I'm not worried about how much they pay me to start because I know they're going to pay me on the back end when I bring them a really good deal. Um, and I guess that's the thing. I, I go into it with ethics because I got burnt really badly. I mean, I got brought up, brought up by a good family as well. Um, and I think that's the thing. I was instilled good ethics by my parents and that just burnt, like, yeah, made me so angry, you know, on top. And I think that's the thing. When, when I had that on top, it's just, you know, I kind of go in there wanting to do the best I can by people as well. Yeah, ethics are important, especially with what we're doing. We're playing with a lot of money with people. A lot of money. It's a, yeah. sometimes the biggest investment someone's going to make yeah. and you want to make sure you treat it with respect, right? Yeah. And I mean, I'm curious to know, so you get in front of prospective clients, you're a young guy, you're 29, you've got, you just bought your 19th. Yeah. Are they pretty blown away when you just drop that you've got 19 properties? <laughs> yeah, well, most people kind of already know the story already or they've heard about it or they've been passed on by someone else. They've had good experience and they go, you've got to talk to this guy. He's got, it's funny though, because a lot of the time I'll go sit with him like, oh, I heard you got 14 or 15 or 16. And I'm like, well, I'm actually like a little in front of that now. That was a couple of months ago. Um, and that's just, I don't know, that's just, it's, it's cool because I think it's, they can relate to that and they're like, well, I want to put my money with someone who's done what I want to do. So I guess that's a very relatable side. And I think that's why it's really starting to take off. Um, yeah, and it's, it's good. Uh, you know, I'm, it's, it's growing and I'm loving it. And I'm still, I'm still always telling people that the service is always going to stay the same. If you have to wait a little bit longer to get an exceptional investment, that's part of working with me. And, and people are very open to that and understanding of the fact that the best deals in the world, I'm not going to have it waiting for you for the, the second you sign up, right? Like it takes a little bit of time to, to get those, those, those great deals. And um, I think when I explain to people like that, they understand, they understand the process and yeah. uh, resonate with that, I think. You can't put a time limit. You don't know when that deal's gonna pop up. Definitely. And where are you buying property? Like for your own portfolio, where's it typically based ge in ge geographically? So I'm primarily uh, in Queensland, South Australia and New South Wales, um, pretty much spread pretty evenly across the, across the uh, three states there. Um, but I've also been uh, buying for clients in um, Perth and, and a little bit in Vic as well at the moment. Um, I missed the Tassie boat. I, I made a decision about five years ago. I was gonna look towards, I, I looked at Tassie and, and Adelaide. And I put my money in Adelaide. I was just, there was something about it that drew me a little bit more towards it. Um, benefit of hindsight, I, I missed that one a little bit. Uh, but like, that's what it is, you know, you learn from your mistakes, you learn from the different things that maybe I missed back then. And that was five years ago, I was 20, 24, 25 when I kind of bought those first Adelaide properties. Um, yeah, so yeah, geographically, my portfolio is based in those three states. Um, but yeah, kind of buying pretty well nationwide for, for everyone at the moment as well. And just building the contacts in the areas as well. You know, yeah. that's, I think that's, that's the really key, the really key part of, um, of, of doing the best service. So. Are you following the same investment strategy um, for your clients? 
Yeah, so I start them out the way I started. Um, I, the way I've got, I've got what I, I call it the, the Trident formula, right? So I, I build a base portfolio for people. Um, typically, it's about four properties in a metro location, buying below market strong cash flows. They just sit there and tick over. Um, and then we go off and we do the accelerated strategies, which is how I grew my portfolio so big, um, which is small developments, uh, high cash flow deals, and then another foundation portfolio. There's a Trident, right? Three at, three at a time once you've built the foundations, a small development, high cash flow, and the, the bread and butter sort of mm-hmm. back in the portfolio and just it continually it allows you to continually build your portfolio and um yeah so i'm kind of i guess practicing what i preach and and walking the talk because it's the same way i did it and i know it works so when you're building that foundation below market how are you ensuring that you are going to be buying those properties below market it's the experience of, of dealing in that market for so long um knowing what a property is actually worth. And sometimes it's agents bringing me stuff before it hits a market because they know I've got buy- ready buyers um, and, and the, the, their vendor just wants a quick sale. They just want to get rid of something. And quite often you can shave 15, 20% off a purchase price. Typically I say to my clients, it's between 10 and 15% we buy below market. Um, last week I actually did one of the best deals I've, I've done since, uh, since signing up. Uh, young, young fellow in Brizzy got him his, 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 uh, his first deal and it was uh, 23% below uh, bank Val with a granny flat potential at the back. Like this thing was a cracker and uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. But that's, that's the way I kind of work. I'm always, I'm always aiming to buy below market because that's how I did it for myself. I'm just continually recycling that equity. Yeah, so you're using that equity and then that's how you're rolling into the next year. Yeah, thing. which is great. And at 23% below market vow, that's, that's massive that in was, this market. That was crazy that one, yeah. So yeah, I, I guess you, you're probably going to wish some of these you buy them for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was tempted, but um, it was exactly what he wanted. Um, and, and I'm, I'm kind of down a different vein. I've picked up enough of those sort of properties. I'm, I'm more into the, um, the small developments and the, and the very high cash flow deals for my portfolio at the moment because I've, I've got about 10 of those in my portfolio as it is. Um, so I don't really need to add any more of those. I prefer to, I'm preferring, like I'm building other people's portfolios with those sort of properties. You must be very, I mean, growing up, uh, leaving school at 16, you must have been very good at managing cash. Yeah. Just, you know, not blowing money on stupid shit like we do growing up as, as, as kids and I mean, so you, I'm assuming that you've been, have you been brought up that way or? Uh, kind of. Uh, like my parents were always very tight with money. Um, it's funny, my brother used to be like, we were the exact opposites. Like he was very frivolous and I was very, um, I guess, strict with my money. Uh, when I bought the, the first unit I bought was in Wollongong um, when I was 19. And that uh, I was only making, I was clearing 580 bucks a week after tax. To nothing, and this thing was uh, that was 275 grand, and that's why it took me um, uh, three three years essentially to save the deposit for that. And I hadn't bought a car; like I was just saving. I hadn't bought a, like I was I was using the old clapped out 88 Corolla <laughs> cruising around in this thing. It was, it was it was a bomb, but it, it didn't matter. It allowed me to save the money, you know, and that was that was the most important thing. So that's awesome, yeah. Because I mean, to build that portfolio, and you're not earning a, a massive salary. I mean, I'd, I'd assume all your earnings are, are going into savings to keep buying, right? Yeah, or to be putting down for deposits. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I guess it was on that first purchase, I did a renovation and the market had seen a little bit of growth as well. And that's where I realized you could recycle equity. I recycled that, put it into my first small development that was at 22. Um, and then when I did that, I made about 100 grand and did it again, recycled the equity. And that's when I kind of realized, whoa, like I'm onto something here. You can just keep pulling this out and going again. Um, and yeah, that's where, yeah, definitely saving, saving as much as you can as well. You've got to be, if you want to be, not even so much aggressive, if you want to be serious about this and you want to build yourself a good portfolio, it, it takes 
you know, um, diligence and, and being strict with yourself. Yeah, you've got to be very diligent. And property management, I mean, have you got a national manager that manages your portfolio? Have you got different property managers? No, I've got different property managers everywhere. Um, different people advocate different things. Uh, I'm very much a believer in, I like a local property manager working in my area. And I pretty much go around and interview about, before I buy in a certain area, I'll interview like 10 to 15 managers and go and sit with them for a coffee for half an hour and just kind of grill them and see what they're like. And I always try and pick out like, um, I don't think it's derogatively. I try and pick out like a battle axe, like someone that's like a real tough, like a bit of an older lady that's um, like a really tough. I find they're, they're always the best at managing um, because they can kind of rule with an iron fist, but then at the same time, they can relate to a lot of, you know, like women and stuff as well. And men are less likely to be aggressive towards a woman. And I, I don't know. It's just, it's worked really well for me. And that's what I've always sourced uh, in the different areas. I've, I've, and I've done pretty well. So you look for the hard lady. Yeah, that's it. That's good. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> I've, I've, I've owned rent rolls before and property management's a, it's a tough gig. You're dealing with problems yeah. all day. You're putting out fires and you're right. You, ne- you need someone who's hard yeah. and you also need someone who's just, who's going to be very diligent with just looking over, making sure everything's okay, making sure they're following, doing routine inspections. They're going through and just updating landlords appropriately and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't agree more. And so real estate agents, do they all know you? Uh, do you deal like in the areas? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They do. Yeah, definitely. I've got about, I've got about half a dozen that I'm quite close with in a lot of areas. Um, and to tell you the truth, you kind of become mates with them. Like you, you know this, right? You, you're working with these guys all the time. You're seeing them. Like I'm in Brizzy or Adelaide once a week at least. Like I'm, I'm on the move all the time, and I'm in front of these guys all the time. And uh, it's, it's funny. You kind of build bonds with certain guys. Like there's, there's different people you vibe. You've always told me this. Find the people that you vibe with. Because they're the guys that they, they will also, they'll vibe with you, right? If, you're, if, you're, if you guys are vibing together, you're going to work well together and they're going to want to do business with you. And I think that was the thing. I found the guys and the girls that I, I got on really well with. Um, and yeah, that's where it kind of, you know, good relationships are built and that's where really good deals are found as well. So I'm curious to know, since you started your new business, obviously now you're working with clients, has your relationship with the agents changed now in a, in a, just in a different way? Because now you're a buyer's agent, you've got clients and you're probably going to be a bit more active. Yeah, it, it has. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely has. Because if, if they know they can bring you something that they can that you shift straight away, uh, you kind of go to the top of the list of the people they'll call first. Yeah, no. I have some agents that don't even take stuff to market. They'll ring me first and they go, do you have buy for this at this money? And a lot of time it'll be market value, right? Because it, it, you know, obviously they're working for the vendor and they're trying to sell for, for appropriate money, you know, best money that they can. 90% of the deals are throwaways, um, but I appreciate it regardless. And that's the thing. 90% is, it means one in 10 are decent, right? And if they're doing decent volume, that means one in 10 deals they're going to bring you are going to be worth your while and profitable for your client. So that's yeah. why I did it. That's why clients are engaging. You've got those relationships. You're getting pre-market put to you. You're getting off-market. Obviously, with your knowledge in itself to understand, you know, how to buy properties under market and recycle equity, etc. But I think relationships for buyers agents are critical. Definitely. I don't think buyers quite understand that around how important it is to have a good relationship with a real estate agent who will flick you a deal. Sometimes they'll flick you a deal that is under market. Mm-hmm. Uh, vendor has to sell, yeah. just has to sell, doesn't want to pay for marketing or whatever's going on in their life and they know that they're prepared to take a bit of a haircut. So I mean, you never know, but the relationships are so, are so important, don't you think? Yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. What about, I mean, your next stage now? You obviously, you've signed eight clients in the last four weeks. Business is booming. Have you, I mean, I'm sure things are moving so quick, but have you thought about plans for your, for your business? I have. Um, I definitely have. It's, it's funny. There's all the different facets you can kind of add in, right? I don't want to go 
a little too aggressively too quickly because I've thought about the property management side of things the same way you did, build a rent roll. Um, but to be honest, I'm really happy with my managers I've got now and they look after my clients really well. So I think that might be something further down the track. Um, but I'm actually bringing on um, my own admin, admin girl at the moment as well. So she's coming. So I'm hiring my first, uh, first employee to kind of help with that stuff. Thank you, mate. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I think um, this is more stuff that you and I get to go over, you know, as it keeps growing and building. This is where I get to leverage your experience on what I should be looking at next um, to make sure I can keep servicing everyone as, as solidly as possible. And that's why I've taken on this admin girl because um, she's actually very uh, real estate focused as well. She's come from real estate uh, background, which helps me on that side of things. But I get snowed in under the paperwork. I'm up to so early in the morning, every night, well, late at night, early morning, whatever, whatever you want to call it, trying to keep on top of paperwork. And it's just, ah, that's the only side of the business I hate. So I love dealing with real estate agents, buyers, um, and, and finding the good deals. I love that side of it. I hate the paperwork. <laughs> so that's why it's good. I've gotten to the point where I can I can bring someone on and uh, yeah, she's she's helped me with a lot of things already. So it's, it's good. It's great. And this is the first business you've run, right? Yes. And so, yeah, I mean, paperwork is a nightmare. I'm not sure I'm, I've met many people who enjoy paperwork. Are there any other challenges that you've been finding? Because I mean, running a business is tough. I, I think there's so many challenges, but I mean, are there any key challenges that have stood out for you since you've been running? Yeah, look, when I first, when I first started, um, you said to me from the very start, Sam, you've got a great story, mate. You need to get out there and get in front of people and tell it. And I was, I've never been one to kind of get out there and tell my story. I've always kind of kept it quite close to the chest what I've done in real estate. Um, and that was very much to my detriment when I started out because people didn't know. And they're like, oh, like, yeah, you've got a couple, man, but like, why are you going to do it? And I'm like, these guys don't know like how many I've got at the time the net worth of myself at this point. Um, and uh, it, I guess that was the big thing, trying to get out there from a, from a standing start when I wasn't really getting, I also wasn't getting on Facey and telling everyone I was a buyer's agent and stuff, you know, or, or putting it up on Instagram. It took me ages to get those pages going. And I think that was, that was what let me down. I didn't, I didn't take a very active approach in um, marketing myself and the business early on. I just kind of presumed all oh, the people that know me, you know, I'll be word of mouth or happen, but you know, this was, comes back to me not being willing to tell my story. Um, and then, yeah, when I, when I finally kind of, you, you, I remember I called you one day and I said, mate, oh, I'm having all this trouble. Like I'm, I'm trying to get these, I'm trying to get broke. I'm trying to get brokers to feed me deals and stuff, but no one knows who I am. I don't have a presence. Um, and you're like, mate, you have to, get onto people so you can get your, your, your voice out there. So I started getting in the media and I was, I was very diligent about it um, at least once a month, at least if not twice a month um, to try and get things rolling. And then all of a sudden it just exploded for me. Just, just getting out there and, and really telling the story. And that's where it, yeah, we really picked up. Yeah, it's no surprise. I mean, I've said it a few times, but not many people that, you know, by, by your age have, have bought 19 properties. And I think that there's a lot to learn from that. Definitely. Like there's a lot to learn from that. So I think your story is phenomenal. And I think a lot of people are going to be inspired by that. I mean, I don't think people even have intentions of buying 19. They probably don't think it's <laughs> probably possible. Yeah. Probably they want to, you know, just get maybe one, two or a handful. That's their probably goal. Mm. So I think for people who do want to look beyond that and understand how it's possible through your strategies, I mean, you're definitely the right person to guide them through that. Where can people find you? 
Uh, so I've got uh, obviously a website now, got, got on top of everything. So www.australianpropertyscout.com.au. Um, also on uh, Facebook, which is the same, just Australian Property Scout. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and Instagram as well. But yeah, that's, that's probably the easiest way. Go on the, if anyone wants to find me, you can go on the website. You can schedule the call through there as well or send me an email request. And, you know, I can, I'm always happy to talk to anyone. Um, on LinkedIn as well, actually. You got me on the LinkedIn. That was just another thing I took ages to get onto. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, that's another good thing that I've, I've been able to start leveraging for myself as well. So yeah, LinkedIn as well, if you want to send me a message. <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm really uh, grateful that you called me the other day to tell me that your business is booming. I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised um, you signed up eight clients in four weeks. I know you're going to get extremely busy. I mean, if I was um, looking to buy a property now interstate, I'd be calling you. I think you've, um, you've got a lot to offer. And so I'm really excited that you've actually now, uh, you're living your hobby. You've actually converted your passion into a full-time career. You're living and breathing it now. And you can transform other people's wealth. Definitely. Mate, that's what I love about it. I love people that come and sit down and they they think these things aren't possible. You know, they they say to me, oh, you know, and they're coming from good asset bases, right? But they don't realize it's possible. They hear about too many people getting burnt, like the way I got burnt. So many people would have had that experience happen to them and just gone off and never done anything again. Um, And I think that's where I want to come in and help people and, and make people realize it's, it's really not that hard. Like in, in a ten, less than 10, it's been less than 10 years since I bought that first one. I've got, it's, I don't want to brag, but it's, it's, 60, it's almost $60,000 a year passive income. There's about $2 million equity in the portfolio. And I didn't know what I was doing when I started. You know? and, and I think that's the thing. When people can come in, they can leverage someone that knows what they're doing. Mate, it can be phenomenal, especially so many people, wherever you, most people, you know, have got a bit of equity in their homes or whatever, a fair bit of equity. It means you can kind of ramp stuff up quite quickly. Um, but even people from a standing start, like I love people help, helping people with their first deal because so many people I had, I had a lady call me last night, actually a lady, she was 22, this young girl um, from where I'm from down in the gong and she rings me and she's like, oh, like I was thinking about doing this, like I don't know what I can do. And I'm like, look, the key is buying below market, you know, because she's thinking oh, I'll buy one and then I've got to save my next 30 grand, it's going to take me three years. And I'm like, the key is buying below market in a, in a growth location. And I said, you do that? I said, you know, can't guarantee anything. You know, obviously it's a property market. But if we buy below, buy well, we buy below markets with strong cash flows and we see a little bit of growth as well. You know, in 12 months, we look at pulling that thing out and buying another one. And it's a very replicatable and quite safe system as well. And that's a girl coming from a very, um, standing, essentially a very standing start. And I'm, I'm honestly so honoured to be able to help people like that. It's... Um, that's what I love to do. And I, I've, always, I've always felt it from you as well. You, you did that for so long as a buyer's agent and then you've turned and you're helping people like me who, this is my passion is what I want to do. For other people, it's a passion to build a portfolio and that's what I get to do and help people with. And, and that's honestly what I love. It's awesome. Did she sign up? <laughs> she did, yeah, yeah, of course. Mate. <laughs> yeah, it's good, mate. I, I think um, a lot of people don't realise that they can recycle the equity and they don't need to, as you said, say off for a deposit and just bringing awareness to people like that, I'm sure they're just like, wow. And they're going to need someone like you to make sure they execute with precision on that first property. That first property is super important. important. And you said in a growth area, you're right. That's that's what I did. Um, Well done, mate. I I, I really appreciate you taking time out to share your story. Um, You've you've just got a phenomenal story and you're right. You need to to get it out a lot more. (laughs) You need to let people know who you are and what you've done. And you're not bragging. I think you're, you're sharing the facts of what you've done and how you can help people. So thank you for participating today, mate. I appreciate it. No problems, Ben, mate. Great to be here. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. So everyone, I hope you, I mean, this guy's story is, is off the hook. I mean, you know, left school at 16, worked on a rabbit farm. For all the people probably in his year at school, I, I don't reckon they've got 19 properties like him. And 
There's a lot to learn from Sam. So check him out. The website's gonna be on the page now. You can check him out um, and you can check him out on the social profiles as well. I really hope you enjoyed today and I'll catch you next week. See you there. To find out more about how you can become a stellar buyer's agent yourself, head to www.buyersagentinstitute.com.au.